Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. All right, everybody, excited to be touching on this subject with you today. I'm so glad you subscribed, you've tuned in uh, on whatever platform you are listening from. Welcome to the podcast. I want to talk to you today a bit about managing your greatest leadership wealth. I don't know if that's the title, but, you know, that's got a lot of meat to it. Managing your greatest leadership wealth. What am I talking about? When it comes to leadership and life in general, if you don't learn how to manage this one thing, (laughs) you will never actually be able to lead, uh, let alone manage and steward what God has given you. In fact, many of us are wondering why we haven't advanced to the next level in certain areas. We haven't gotten breakthrough in other areas. Um, we're not advancing. We're not, you know, and and I've found in people's lives, having studied leaders, you know, with History Makers Academy, we look at common denominators between the world's history makers, past, present, uh, and what they had in common. And the management of this one thing was always present. In fact, they were able to, um, you know, steward this one thing in such a way that they could build routines that would consistently produce a momentum in their lives, in their products, in their organizations, uh, in their ministries that would create a momentum that would bring a great breakthrough. Uh, That's a long couple sentences all to say (laughs) that your greatest wealth that you can manage in leadership and life is time. (laughs) It is time and only you can manage your time. And so you really, even if you don't have the budget, if you don't have the office, if you don't have the material, tangible things around what you feel God is calling you to do, you always have yourself and you have time, both of which are free. And if you're lacking anything else, you just need to better maximize one or both of those two. Uh, yourself and time. Now, you might think you've heard a lot on time management and all this kind of stuff, but I beg to differ. I want to take you into something very interesting when it comes to time management, because we all want to get good at time management. We want to schedule better. We want to use different systems and, and gimmicks to enhance our lives as it relates to time. But there's actually a step that is most overlooked long before you manage your time. There's something else that you need to manage first. But first of all, let me give you a principle. Here it is. If you don't have a philosophy about time, you will abuse it and keep losing it. (laughs) If you don't have a philosophy, a personal philosophy about time, you will abuse it and keep losing it. Sounds a lot like money doesn't it? If you don't keep track of your pennies, you won't know where your dollars are going. And if you don't keep track of your seconds and minutes, you won't know where your hours are going. And and just the same way somebody says at the end of the month, man, where did all my money go? (laughs) I know what came in. Where's it all going? That's how people are living 
when it comes to time. They don't know where the time is going. They're not aware when 15 minutes has passed by. They have no clue that this project that they're so excited about, this book they're going to write, is never going to happen. Boy, that's a tough pill to swallow. You know, in our History Makers Academy trainings, we have this process and this system where people can dive into, they can kind of do a time audit and see where their time is going. And, and you can actually work it out to see that that project you want to do or that business you want to start or that book you want to write, it's amazing when, when you factor in your current routines and lifestyle, some people find out it may take them 250 years <laughs> before they would ever write that book. And of course, they'll be dead by then. This is why, as Miles, Dr. Miles, the late Dr. Miles Monroe said, the grave is the wealthiest place, the cemetery. Because so many people die with great projects, great ideas, great destiny things they were supposed to do, and they were at the mercy of poor lacking time management. They lacked in the area of time management. Now, remember what I said, before you can dive into time management, there's another kind of management that I have to introduce to you. So don't check out saying, yeah, I've been to some really great trainings. I know about time. I manage time well. Are you sure you manage time well? <laughs> Think of what you could be doing if you manage time a bit better. You, you don't know what you don't know is the reality. So that's why I want you to tune into this today and stay with it. Let's look at a biblical perspective just quickly in the, in the mindset of God, our creator who made us in his image and his likeness. Psalm 90 verse 12 is actually Moses speaking. In Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us, O Lord, to number our days. Teach us, O Lord, to number our days. Teach us, Lord, to be aware of the time, to be aware of where our days are going, our months, our years, to be conscious of time. Teach us, O Lord, to do so. We know that God is the ultimate time manager. We see what he was able to do in seven days. We see that he honors times and seasons. He initiates things in times and seasons. In fact, the entire world, the earth, rotates in a level of timing, functioning according to a solar system, and all of life he has established uh, in a in a space of a space and time. Okay, let, let me give you a couple more scriptures here. And before I do, here's the here's the principle I want you to write down if you can. When God wants to put chaos into order, he begins with setting boundaries. Okay. He begins with time, and I'm going to show this in Scripture, but he sets boundaries when he wants to put chaos into order. In the same way, how are we supposed to put the chaos of our lives in order? Well, we're going to put boundaries up, <laughs> and that begins with time. What are our boundaries that allow us to have an organized, productive life? So when we see this in Genesis, Gen Genesis the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters there was chaos, the earth was void and formless, it says, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters, and he was creating, he was organizing, he was putting things in order, and we see that God spoke, and we, we are introduced to time, we are introduced to boundaries of sky, of ocean, of sun, of the moon, of how animals are going to reproduce, how plants are going to reproduce, all of this was happening in the dimension of time. 
So let's look at Job chapter 26 and verse 10. Says he has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. You see, God is a God of boundaries. He sets up boundaries in this dimension. Okay, another principle, according to the scripture I just read, when God created boundaries, it required wisdom. It actually says that he, he made the world, you know, by wisdom. When God creates boundaries, it requires wisdom. How does that apply to our lives? Well, you need great wisdom to determine your schedule. <laughs> I have seen it's, it's profound how one little adjustment or tweak in my schedule, and don't be afraid to make those adjustments as often as you need to, one little adjustment has opened up a totally different Wednesday. <laughs> or a totally different weekly routine, something that made more sense, something that accommodated those within my orbit, my family, or staff, or co-workers. I mean, you can build your life like a solar system that functions in orbit that you manage. It doesn't require God's direct miraculous intervention, but you set it up according to a schedule, and you make edits where you need to to, to put it into order, you set up boundaries that bring out the best. And that's really the rule of life. Boundaries and time constraints bring out the best in us. This is just, just a reality. Now, let me show you another scripture as we're looking at boundaries, because time, actually, that's how we build our boundaries and order our lives, which is what God is expecting us to do. If you didn't know that, he's not going to do it for you. And uh, the first man and first woman, Adam and Eve, had to manage their garden. <laughs> Having to do it yourself <laughs> as a mature son or daughter in the kingdom is, is the image and likeness of God. God wants to raise mature children, not codependent uh, children who don't know how to organize their lives and are forever dependent on God interrupting and fixing everything for them. Maybe when we're young. In the Lord, we have times and seasons like that. But as we mature, God expects us to manage some things and set up boundaries. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 27 to 30 says, When he established the heavens, you see, this is when God was putting everything in order. He's, he's creating his Google calendar. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit or its boundary, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was his daily uh, delight. This is speaking of wisdom. When you are figuring out what you do Monday, what you do Tuesday, what your weekly routines are, what your monthly routines are, what are your life principles that you want to be better at adhering to? And so you're setting up your schedule. You're going to need wisdom, and God can give you that wisdom. So when God makes boundaries, when he made the boundaries of the world, he used wisdom. All right? So God actually, when he made man, <laughs> it says the heavens are the Lord's and the earth has been given to the sons of men, that's man and woman, 
God actually then relies on us to create boundaries for the things he entrusted to us to manage. God relies on us to set up boundaries and restraints, constraints for the things entrusted to us to manage. God wants us to manage our lives and create straight lines. Have you noticed that nature doesn't create a straight line? If you walk through the forest, will you find a perfectly straight stick that's been measured out or a branch that's perfectly straight and and linear? Or will will you see a stone that is made in a perfect cube with all sides equal? No. Nature, and God has made it this way, allows things to to grow and evolve and change, but it's man, it's man, mankind that does the measuring, that does the boundary setting, that does the building. You know, when you take a chair, for example, this chair might be made out of all wood. (laughs) Well, God created the trees that produced the wood, but man measured carved, crafted. I've never made a chair before, so I I don't really know how it's done, but man does the measuring and the building of the chair. This is the beautiful partnership we have with God, and this is how much God trusts us, that he has given the earth to us to set up the boundaries, the lines, to make the straight lines, and in the same way, he wants us to build our own lives. He wants us to set measurements according to his principles. He wants us to create a schedule that helps us live out what he's called us to do in family, in ministry, in business, in whatever. We are the caretakers and managers of our lives in that sense. And when we make a mistake, I thank God that he forgives us and helps us. He gives us wisdom. He gives us our wonderful partner, the Holy Spirit, to help us to live But ultimately, you don't realize how much God wants you to take charge of your life and start measuring. (laughs) Take the wood from the ground and the trees and begin to cut and design and craft. And if this doesn't fit, make an adjustment to make it fit. And he wants us as his sons and daughters. Listen, we were made in his image and likeness. And when we talk about image, we're talking about nature, attributes, even personality. But when we talk about image and likeness, likeness is function. We're actually to rule on earth as God would rule if he was in our shoes. (laughs) Just take a pause, hallelujah, break while I sip a coffee here. He actually wants us to manage and build on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's a partnership, and we have a part to play in measuring the straight lines and boundaries for our lives. Where do we get the boundaries? Where do we get the understanding of how to measure and arrange our lives? We get it from wisdom. Look what Psalm 16 and verse 6 says. It's one of my favorite scriptures. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Your version might say boundaries. The boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Wow. If you want to live out and experience the maximum inheritance that God has for you, it's time to honor the boundaries. It's time to create the systems and the schedule to maximize your life 
to the fullest. Now, here's my curveball for you because most people, as I said, are trying to dive into the time management piece. All right. That's what we're looking to do. We want to manage our time. <laughs> but being good at managing time doesn't necessarily mean your life is going to be enhanced or your business is going to grow. There's something that must come long before time management. I'll give you an example. You can set up a great calendar, but if your values and the things that are going to grow, what God has called you to grow, are not in the calendar, if you don't even know what those are, if you don't know, here's a basic sentence for you. If you don't know what to fill your time with, then your time management is in vain. That's a reality. So before anyone can put boundaries around their time, they must first establish boundaries around themselves. Before anyone can put boundaries on time, you must establish boundaries around yourself. What about the person who lives recklessly? What about the person who's, who's, who's addicted? What about the person who's a time waster or somebody that's lazy? There are lazy people out there, I'm sorry to say, but what about the people that are lazy? Well, what's the point of <laughs> managing time if they don't have a purpose? <laughs> Why create a plan without a purpose? Why create a plan if you haven't identified your passion? If you don't know your passion, if you don't know your purpose, then what's the point of a plan? So before time management, here it is, drum roll. Before, that was a terrible drum roll. Before time management comes self-management, or I like to call it me management. Before time management comes self-management or me management. Now, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about what is the fuel of our lives? What motivates us? What's driving us? What are we passionate about? What do we believe in? What are our values? Here it is. What you fill every second of your life with flows out of your belief systems and values. What you fill every second of your life with, what you fill your moments with, Actually, what you think about even in that split second, what you feel every second of your life with flows out of your belief systems and values. Where's the drug addiction coming from? It's a belief system. Where's the laziness coming from? It's a belief system. Where's the poverty coming from? It's definitely a belief system. When you go to get coaching in wealth management and even uh, physical health and exercise, they will mostly always first deal with your thinking. I call it stinking thinking. The wrong beliefs that, that cause us to do what we do. So what's the point of setting up time boundaries and scheduling uh, if we don't have a proper belief system first, okay? So you could have self-esteem issues, Comfort zones is a big one. You might say, man, I'm not an addict or, or I'm not this or I'm not that. And, and, and we shouldn't look down on people who are. Everyone generally has some vice in their life that they need to improve on. Nobody's better than anybody else. We're all on our own journey. But, but for some of us, it might even be a comfort zone. 
it's so easy to create comfort zones that hold us back from being at our best. And I, I've got whole teachings on comfort zones, so I won't get into that today. But a comfort zone can hinder us from fueling and having the inner motivation, e- even having the ability to hear the daring and courageous idea that God wants to give to you to do. Sometimes he won't even give it to us because we're just not there. We have these other issues and belief systems we have to deal with. So one of the major reasons, here's the principle, one of the major reasons why people struggle with time management is because they struggle with their own identity. One of the major reasons people struggle with time management is because they struggle with their own identity. What you believe in and your values actually flow from your identity. And listen, this world will give us plenty of reasons to have a broken, shattered identity. This life will give you reasons to lose your identity. We are born into a great search for identity. And I thank God for Jesus, who helps us to understand our identity. I thank God that we're made in the image and likeness of God, so we can look to God and find the image we're supposed to represent, the image who our Father is. That's finding identity. The pursuit of who your Father is helps you to be secure in your identity and You may not have had an earthly father even, but you have God the Father, and you've been made in his image and likeness. So if you're looking for identity, a good place to start is a prayer. A good place to start is the Bible. And come into Jesus, who will reveal the Father, and that journey of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ will help secure your identity. And once you know who you are, you are able to be motivated and according to your own beliefs and values, then you begin to manage your time around what you believe. So self-management or me management, that's just what I like to call it. Me management begins with understanding, number one, who God is. So me management actually doesn't even start with understanding who you are, who me is, but who God is. Number two, who we are in God. That includes his purposes and his plans, his will for our lives, our destiny, our calling, our purpose on this earth is supposed to be connected and and intersecting with his ultimate plan. So we're part of God's plan. And the sooner we discover our purpose, our real purpose from God, we can begin to fulfill God's dream for for all of mankind. We have a part to play in history. We have a part to play in his story. So number one, who God is. It begins with knowing who God is, then who we are in God. And then the last one, number three, believe it or not, is what our purpose is. Man, when you come to Christ, (laughs) when you connect with God, one of the first things he'll hand you is a commission, something to do. He'll point you to your purpose. And I really believe, and I've seen it in my own life, that we are hardwired as human beings to never be truly satisfied until we're doing on earth what we were put on this earth to do. And it's always connected to serving mankind. It's always connected to serving others. This is vital, okay? So 
so, you know, I remember a time I was doing something I was passionate about. I was in the music industry, as you know, but it wasn't what I was born to do. It wasn't what I was put on this earth to do, but I thought it was. And I was always walking around with these sudden highs when I would accomplish something in my career. But then inevitably, the terrible low and kind of flat line would set in. And so I'd look to get the next high by another accomplishment or another opportunity. And I was always on this roller coaster that many people live by. Only when I surrendered to Jesus Christ, you know my testimony, the Lord just walked into the room before I was going to sign a a recording contract. If you want to hear that story, I think it's episode one in our uh, Transformation Generation podcast. But um, I was, uh, the Lord walked into the room, I turned down the record deal. And I remember that very week, I began to do what I was put on this earth to do. And that was to preach. And the Lord told me that that was my calling to speak. And when I stood up in this stage in front of about 200 young adults at a church, one of my first, if not the first speaking engagements in a church, I opened up that little red New Testament Bible and this incredible euphoric feeling came over me of just (sighs) finally doing what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. (laughs) Hallelujah. I just pray that those that are listening right now, the same thing would happen to you if it hasn't already. And if you're already in your purpose and you know it, I pray that this time management, I think it'll be a series, it'll be more than just this episode, uh, that this would just only enhance your greatness on this earth, all for the glory of him and his kingdom our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you a few more principles. Let's try four, four principles before we wrap this up. Principle number one, when it comes to time management, remember what precedes time management is me management, but principle number one, time is not only about how we live life, but it's how we synchronize our lives with others and with our values. Time is just a boundary. All right. Time is not only about how we live life, but it's about how we synchronize our lives with others around us. That's the orbit I was talking about. When you get better at time management, all the planets that are normally crashing into each other through your day, (laughs) you're crashing into your boss, you're crashing into your spouse, You're crashing into the couch. (laughs) You're crashing your car because you're speeding, because you're late, and you're 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 you were in a hurry, and you're in a hurry because you're always late. (laughs) Because you don't have the the synchronicity yet. Time is not only about how we live life, it's how we synchronize our lives with others and with our values. It's just a boundary. All right, principle number two. You're crashing into their car. No. Principle number two is self-management begins with establishing the meaning and purpose of your life based on your values. Self-management begins with establishing the meaning and purpose of your life based on your values. And I'm going to explain that because, In fact, I I think I'll just do that right at the end. What does that mean? What are your three to five core values? 
things that are most important to you. That's going to be key, I think, in our next episode when we build our time management structure, when we set a system in place to enhance our lives. What are our five, three to five, you know, it might be relationship with God, it might be relationship with family, it might be business, it might be health and wellness. Um, There's all kinds of things that we, kinds of things that we can consider our life values and out of those is where we flow. We, we flow the practical river. <laughs> we flow the schedule from that place. All right. So principle number three, though, meaning and motivation starts by answering the following questions. Meaning and motivation starts by answer, answering the following questions. And I'll just give you one question. What do you want your life to look like? (laughs) What do you want your life to look like? That's a scary question for Christians and the religious, I should say, because we think, I can't say what I want my life to look like. Only God knows. And we get really spiritual. (laughs) Am I allowed to want this kind of car or am I allowed to even want something? Shouldn't I just not want anything? And that makes me more holy and more spiritual. Wrong answer. Of course not. The Bible says God gives us the desires of our hearts and everything we have should be for his glory. Everything we do should be with his kingdom in mind. Of course, those are our values. Those are our anchors. So your desires will flow out of proper motivation. When you go back to the three principles I gave of me management, who God is, who we are in God, what our purpose is. And and that helps us that way. So don't be afraid to pause and assess what you want your life to look like. Every month I take a three-day prayer and seclusion retreat, and I evaluate my life as part of those three days. I look at what I could do better. Where am I not fulfilling my, my values and my beliefs? Where am I compromising? Where could I do better? What small adjustments can I make? What schedule adjustments can I make? Don't be afraid to adjust that Google Calendar as much as needed until you get it right. It's worth the fight for your time. It's it's worth it. Okay, so you're asking the question, what do I want my life to look like? I could just camp on that for a little while because that one there is so big. Um, People are afraid to ask this. We almost feel like we're unworthy of choosing what we want our life to look like. And my friends, what your life will look like so much depends on your philosophy of time. It it really does. And and I'll just have to go deeper into that later, but but I would I would encourage you to take some time maybe this weekend or whenever you can carve out the time. <laughs> and most of us say I'm too busy. If you're too busy to to do something like this, well, you'll continue to live like a victim of time and others around you. But ask yourself that question. What do I want to change about my schedule? Why, Why haven't I gone and included that hobby into my schedule? Why aren't I doing what I love to do? 
And and listen, I'm I'm gaining weight. I'm not exercising. Why am I not exercising? You know, we we deceive ourselves so much when we say, "Oh yeah, health is really important to me. That's a core value to me." Well, <laughs> are you sure? Because that core value is invisible unless it's converted to action. Faith without works is irrelevant. <laughs> so you could say that's a core value, but if it doesn't translate to action enforced by a schedule, if it doesn't, if that core value doesn't translate to action enforced by a schedule of some kind, well, I'm not so sure that's a core value for you. So I want you to consider carving out the time to do a real audit as hard as it might be to write out what your core values are and are they finding their place into your day, your week, your month? And the just the bigger question, what do I want my life to look like? And you've got to hit that pause button to do this, to do this consciously, to really think about it. We've been so trained to let outside forces in the world dictate our lives. We live reactionary most of the time. The phone rang, a text came in, there's an email that someone needs this, someone needs that, literally living like, like victims of, of the planets around us. We accept, we easily accept the demands and constraints offered by the world, and we believe that it's our job to simply manage what's left over, as if we, we can have the leftovers. Once I've done A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and We even make our to-do list, which I'll be touching on another podcast, just the the bane and the deception of a to-do list. I don't believe in to-do lists. I believe in success lists, but that's another story. But but we actually um, will live in such a way that we we adhere to other people's values, (laughs) or we're working for other people's money, you know. All of this, this is living like a victim. And you might need to take some time and say, am I living like a victim? All right. (laughs) Principle number four, moving along, because we're going to do this next week. I know it. But principle number four, our talents, gifts, and abilities are our weapons to fight against outside forces that want to push us away from our purpose. (laughs) That's a bit loaded. Our talents, gifts, and abilities are weapons to fight against outside forces that want to push us out of the call of God or out of our purpose. Listen, every day will offer you plenty of distractions, opportunities to do the good thing, but not the great thing. Uh, It will offer you opportunities to be totally set off course. Things don't always go as you plan. People disappoint you. People hurt you. We fail as we attempt things. Life will always be throwing different things at us to keep us distracted, but your gifts, talents, and abilities is your weapon. I love to speak. I love to teach. It's why I'm doing a podcast. Nobody can steal Wednesday morning from me <laughs> when we typically in, in my schedule, we record the podcast Wednesday mornings. Nobody can steal Wednesday morning from me. Why? Because I'm doing what I love to do. 
I'm, I'm using my gift. I'm using my talent. I'm using my ability. So the text messages that are coming to my phone right now, the emails that are coming, I can't get to them. Not yet. <laughs> this morning belongs to the podcast and also a little bit of staff meeting that we do that's part of the Wednesday morning schedule as well. I think you you get what I'm saying. So once you decide what you want your life to look like, whether or not your abilities line up with that desire yet, maybe you need to learn some skills or develop your gifts more. But once you decide what you want your life to look like, you become driven. You become motivated. <laughs> and once you're motivated to fulfill your purpose, once you can see the picture of what you want your life to look like, that's when you begin to set up your time and to manage your time according to the vision for your life, according to the your inner motivation to adhere to your values, to, to adhere to your belief systems, to fulfill your purpose. Once you can see that and you're sure of it, and, and, and you know who God is, number one, you know, number two, who we are in God, and number three, you know what your purpose is, wow. Then comes the necessity to set time and build your life and, and put boundaries around your time to protect that project, to protect, to protect that family time to protect that, that, that focus that's needed to get the business off the ground, to protect that opportunity to actually enjoy a hobby on the side. <laughs> that's when things get exciting, when you have learned uh, who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and what you want your life to look like. Before time management, there has to be me management. I hope you've enjoyed this. We're going to go deeper next week. We're actually going to build. I'm going to show you how to build a, a, uh, a time management structure. That's such a, a terrible name for it. <laughs> but we're going to build the pyramid that sends you hurling towards your goals and vision and life purpose, even when you're sleeping, even when you don't know it's working. Your seconds, your minutes, your days, your weeks, your months, your years will be barreling towards the fulfillment of your purpose in a more natural way when you learn what I'm going to teach and share next week. Thanks for checking out Gener uh, Transformation Generation Podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit HistoryMakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.